0: Recorded on April 26, 2022, Disney and the Rat. Welcome to the Push Ahead podcast, the podcast that's all about pushing the political conversation ahead, not pushing back. Hi, I'm Jamie.
1: I'm Shelby. I'm Pamela
2: and let's introduce our friend I'm Erin hi
0: and we're here to talk about Disney Brevard County corruption and a nifty new candidate
2: <laughs> <That's> <laughs> nifty I
3: love it <laughs> I'll be nifty
2: yeah <laughs> so yes our special guest Erin Dunn and we are so happy to have
3: you Erin thank you long-time listener first time yeah guest. I love it and I'm very excited that I have my flamingo pen uh-huh. already <laughs> so I am maybe officially part of the crew You're part of the flock. No, what are they called? The flock. Well, the flock. And then if you have a lot of them, it
1: is the flamboyant. It's
0: better than what I was going to say. A whole bunch of flockers.
1: (laughs) I like that one. You can come base the flockers. Uh Yeah, I'm ready for it.
0: But first, we need to talk about the elephant in the room.
1: There's so much this week that just
0: made me giggle. It has been a week so for those of you who have been following the January 6th insurrection, a couple of the ringleaders have been charged under the Sedition Act, Cawthorn, of lingerie fame.
2: <laughs> That's <laughs> Yeah, I love that.
0: Yeah, I'm not. Madison Cawthorn. I'm, Madison Cawthorn. Yes. I'm not angry that he's in lingerie. I'm angry he's in Congress.
1: Yeah. Yep. I'd far rather he be in lingerie oh, than in Congress. And today he just got busted for trying to carry a loaded gun onto a plane.
0: Really? Really. You don't get arrested. You just get it taken away, though, right?
1: Depending on how you respond to it.
0: Yeah. So Cawthorn, the judge ruled that the act passed by Congress, Forgiveness Act, after the Civil War, which was written in past tense, applied to all future acts of sedition and insurrection. And not one legal expert worth their salt has come out and said that this is a fair verdict. So the appeals court is actually fast tracking his appeal. Which verdict? There was a group who has been going around and charging in administrative courts to get the folks to not be able to run or be on the ballot. And so these aren't criminal courts. These are barely civil courts. I think they're technically- Does this exist
2: courts. in every state? I now know what you're saying, that Marjorie Taylor Greene, because I know in Georgia, but I don't think it exists it's, here that we can do that.
0: It's different. Okay. Yeah, it, it's, it is state to state because- okay. Per the Constitution, states get to say what happened. But the question is, will they be admitted if they're elected in? But they're pulling that forward as well. So Marjorie Taylor Greene on Friday had to go in front of the stand, showed herself to what mere months after claiming that Biden was senile and didn't have a working memory.
2: I don't remember. Yeah, I don't don't remember that. I don't
0: recall that. I I, don't remember.
2: Actually, I don't remember.
0: (laughs) Yeah. So did you or did you not call so and so a traitor? And it's like. Uh, no, I don't, I don't recall that. And then they play a video and it's like, was that you? It appears to be. Do you recall? I don't know.
3: Yeah. (laughs) Well, I caught some of that. I was like, how many times can you just go back and forth, back and forth?
0: You know? Well, that's how they do it. The alternative is admitting guilt. Because if she flat out said, I do not, that's straight up perjury. Right. And if she said, yes, that's me, then that is admitting guilt. But she did do a couple of things that are phenomenally stupid. If you ever have to go on the stand.
2: Let's avoid that.
0: Yes. All of us. (laughs) She did confirm that she was the only one who posted tweets, who liked stuff on Facebook and who posted Facebook comments. Which means that every bit of text published to those accounts came directly from her.
2: At least she's got integrity. She's not throwing people under the bus like our local people. Yeah. So quick question. What can happen? Okay. So
0: in Georgia, what can happen next? We're recording on Tuesday, so this week the judge said, "Get me your briefs," and that's where they're going to argue law, and he'll
2: not your lingerie, not
0: your (laughs) your legal briefs, and he'll pass his recommendation on to Raffensperger, the Georgia Secretary of State, who is a Republican, who will either decide to strike Marjorie Taylor Greene's name from the primary and have her not be the nomination, or ignore it because he's a Republican. Well, he's a
2: Republican with ethics, because didn't he also say no, no to Uncle Donald? Yes. Like, I will not overturn the the election results. Now, if that happens, can she run as a write-in?
0: This isn't saying that she can't run in the primaries. That would be the immediate impact. This is saying that she can't run at all. If she did try to get in as an independent, probably the same thing would happen.
2: So where is Cawthorn? Because that's what we started Cawthorn with. Cawthorn is
1: in North Carolina. And they have the same thing? Similar, yes. They're trying, and the elections board flat out told him. We have the right to refuse you. So then the lawsuit happens. So the
2: Sedition Act, back to how this whole
1: conversation started, covers these
2: lawsuits. Mm
0: -hmm. After the Civil War, a whole bunch of bad blood, they said, we don't want these Confederates taking over our governance. So in order to keep them out of the legal process, they were essentially kept out via the 14th Amendment that said no sedition. And then after that, they were on good behavior for a while. Johnson stepped in after Lincoln and did his thing. And after okay. Reconstruction, has he said, OK, the South did their thing. So let's forgive them and let them back in. And now we're here.
1: Yeah. Andrew Johnson is the whole problem under Lincoln was the 40 acres and a mule. And Johnson said, hell no to it and allowed the KKK to spin up.
2: I think so often political people do what they think is going to build bridges. And we're seeing it again today, although we're finally tired of building the bridges. But we see people that they think they're going to build bridges. They think they're going to do something good. And it just, it doesn't. Um, Reconstruction was a horrible time in the South, but it you know, watering it down didn't make it any better.
1: So the last court case that I like is the Attorney General asked the New York courts to fine Trump $10,000 a day in contempt and it Went into law yesterday.
2: Into effect, yeah. And so I was listening to a, an, another podcast today, and they were talking about that people that work in the Trump organization are talking about like employees have had to give back gifts or pay for gifts that they thought they were receiving from their boss. Cause $10,000 a day, I don't care who you are, that adds up. Yep. We'll see. I mean, he hasn't paid any of it yet.
0: No. no. And it is possible that he might actually get out of all of it if his lawyers can come up with a comprehensive list of places that they searched for documents and what the results were. Because the Trump lawyers essentially said, no, we're not going to produce anything because we didn't find it. And so in the court of law, if you find nothing, they want the repeatable steps to find nothing. They want to know how you found nothing. They won't just take you at your word.
2: Well, and they shouldn't. I mean, they shouldn't take anybody with the name Trump and their payroll at their word. So We will never really know for sure. Is this what you're saying? Because like Trump's lawyers could just lie. Or is there also a quality check in there that people can go back in there and see? So
0: it's tricky. They need to be like super comprehensive. And what
2: documents are they trying to get? Tax.
0: Yeah. Okay, this is the New York tax. This is the New York case. And so in this case, the main thing is that the people who sign the document and submit the document and say, we did a really good job. We did it to the best of our abilities. And if it was found to not be to the best of their abilities and they were lying, these people could lose their legal licenses. They could be sanctioned. So they are like lawyers get paid a lot of money because if they mess up big enough, they could lose their livelihood. So it's bigger than reputation. It's bigger than getting fired. You can lose your ability to practice. There's a
2: really good chance that if the guy doesn't have $10,000 a day to pay his... uh (laughs) His contempt fees, he probably doesn't have enough money to buy off lawyers' entire futures.
0: Right. I mean, he's already shown that as soon as a lawyer stops working for free, he distances himself from them. Yeah. Every time he goes shopping for lawyers, it's always funny because it always makes the news because it's never just Trump walks into a lawyer's office and hires a lawyer. It's always he gets shuffled around entire cities.
2: Nobody
1: wants to work for free, except Rudy Giuliani,
0: who another elephant on the room, uh, was on Masked Singer.
1: Yeah, they talked about this Stop in it, February. Yeah, <laughs> um, when it when it happened. Yeah, like when they were taping it, but then the episode finally aired. Oh, yeah.
3: obviously, I don't
2: watch the Got show. It. And, like it aired with him, that. and the judges walked. One the, of the judges, judges walked, walked off the stage. Oh,
3: yes, I did hear about that.
2: And John, but I thought it showed off. then. It didn't show then. The guy from the, the Hangover? Uh, the, no, the guy <laughs> yeah. from—he's not the guy from the original American Idol. No, he's actually the actor. That actor is yeah. the judge mm-hmm. on. Okay.
0: He, hes a doctor. Didn't see that coming. He, he was a doctor who uh, then yes. took up comedy. He's still. A, but he's how is
2: he a, a judge doctor. in a singing competition? I don't okay, know. we're getting into the weeds. So the premise of this is that stars walk out wearing complete mm-hmm. insane costumes. Do they actually sing yes. or are they lip syncing? Yes. The- so Rudy Giuliani actually sang. Not very well. Yeah. <laughs> okay, because you saw it.
0: I watched a clip of him.
2: And then do the judges have to guess who it is? Yeah, normally. But if you're the worst singer of the night, you have to unmask yourself. So he was the worst singer of the night and took his mask off and they were out. Yep. Wow. Mm -hmm. I so love that.
0: Speaking of pseudo celebrities causing drama, Elon Musk has lined up to buy Trump or not Trump, but to buy Twitter. (laughs) (laughs) Trumper yeah so and I'm
2: going to tell you, until I see otherwise, I just really couldn't. Everybody's like waiting for everybody to have a come apart about this happening. I'm like, I'll see what he does. If he breaks Twitter, I'm out. If he doesn't break Twitter, I'll stay. I just literally could not care less about the fact that a toddler with a bazillion dollars wanted to buy a social media company.
1: Well the other except you
2: could have used that money to maybe help Ukraine.
1: He went to the WHO and said, if it's $6 billion to cure Show me world the plan. Hunger, Yes. So the,
0: okay. the thing was that it wasn't an actual plan to actually end world hunger. It was just a plan to feed a lot of people, which granted you can do with $6 billion. But which is know. still
1: less than he spent.
0: To know, buy a
1: frickin' social
2: media site.
1: Right? times more than he spent.
0: And we need to stop saying, oh, yeah, no, we can't tax unrealized gains. All their money's tied up in stock. What do you think he bought Twitter with?
1: Yeah. <laughs> stock. He found
2: that money in the couch cushions, Jamie. Yeah. Come on. No. Yes. He can buy Twitter, but he can't pay taxes.
0: <laughs> He's stony broke. There's no money to do anything except buy other major... He has
2: really big couch cushions. But you said I would care if Sam brought Trump.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, because Trump uses that platform to communicate with the MAGAs.
2: I mean, he's using, a, I'd rather he use that one than one I can't have access to, like, because there are other private ones.
0: The problem is that there's always the radicalization factor.
2: Right. And I get that.
0: He's I always, totally get that. He's, he's always going to find ways to talk to his devoted base.
2: I feel like if it's on Twitter, they're also being exposed to another point of view as opposed to trump twitter
0: the algorithm will put you into a vicious cycle yeah and then it's very easy to fall into an echo chamber so we've gotten all of the elephants out of the room and it's time for the disney yeah versus desantis
1: a few weeks ago when disney did finally come out and say they were stopping the okay i really feel like we need to do a disclaimer this
2: is the world's biggest disney fan you know, in NPR, whenever they have, whenever they do a story on one of their financial supporters, they say, full disclosure, blah, blah, blah. So full disclosure, Disney is not one of our supporters, no. but Shelby has supported them over the years. Okay. okay. <laughs> we are willing to take your money, Disney. But they could be. I just
1: say that I am so torn with all of this. Okay. Because, yes, I made the personal decision that mm. Disney did not need my money right now because of their policies and... Basically abusing pass holders. So I gave all that up. Then they came out and said that they will try and do whatever it takes to overturn the don't say gay bill. And I said, I'm like, well, let's see what Ron DeSantis does because he's a vindictive little rat. And someone's like, oh, no, Disney owns Florida, blah, 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 blah. So. Come now. They made the the rush decision without any planning whatsoever to take down the special agreement with Reedy Creek. Well, and, and here's, I think they did think
2: it through. I'm going to push back on that to anybody. It's just like almost every other law they passed this year, they passed them knowing they would be sued. Because what they did by dissolving that special tax district is illegal. Yeah. Because you have to have agreement of, I think, 65% of the landowners and the people that own the land of Disney is Disney. They did not have a vote. They can't just dissolve Vieira either. By the way, Vieira is a special tax district owned by the Vieira Corporation. People say Disney is the only business that has this. No, no. Viera has the same thing. Villages, too. Yep. Villages, too. Villages isn't owned by a business, but Villages is a special tax. Almost all of Merritt Island is a special tax district because it's the only representation that they have. So we and Brevard have Brevard Soil and Water, our port, port authority, um, Merritt Island, Barefoot Bay. Not Malabar, it's a special thing in Malabar and Viera are all special taxes,
1: but because they just were going to dissolve this prior to 1968, which (laughs) 6067, yeah, which the only one was Disney in 67, but they didn't put any measures in place to talk about their debt and their services. So if you look on what Orange and Osceola would owe, it comes out to $2,200 extra a year. Per, and that's per, ma- per household. Yeah, right. and that's For not even talking owner. about their bond debt.
0: And so that bond debt is actually interesting. The latest development: someone actually put on their reading glasses and read the bond debt. <laughs> and unlike the Yahoos up in Tallahassee. In the law that created the Reedy Creek District, Florida said that Reedy Creek has the ability to issue bonds, issue debt, sell bonds to investors to raise money. That's where that $1 billion in debt come from. But the thing is that the bonds that were issued all say that the state of Florida shall not alter or limit the ability for the bonds to be repaid. And bonds that were issued in 2018 aren't eligible to be repaid until 2029, which means that they have standing to sue to say you can't r- dissolve the Reedy Creek Improvement District until 2019.
2: But they can't dissolve it anyway because they don't work that way. They just it's not they yeah. can't dissolve. They're just, district. They're just reactionary. And is people, what they're well, doing. they're actually not even they know this. Yeah. They're just trying to piss off voters. Right. Yeah. And yeah. honestly, they're yeah. trying to distract us from the fact that what did they not discuss this session? They did not discuss housing prices. They're doing this to distract from the fact that at the same time that they did this, mm-hmm. they cut out four black congressional districts in our state that they we else? now have less minority representation than we've ever had. It's a non thing that they're trying to make a thing so yeah. that they can win the culture wars. Misdirection. Yeah. And a Reedy Creek, you know, people say, you know, Disney hasn't paid taxes. Reedy Creek taxes themselves. And that's how they pay for mm-hmm. the roads on Disney yep. property, which are better maintained than any roads in Orange County. Yeah. Yes. They, they, create their own electricity they have their own fire department their own police department and if they were to actually legally dissolve this district orange naziola counties not only would incur all that extra debt they would now have to support disney with fire support police support roads and construction that they don't pay for now yeah Mm -hmm. it's like you know that the interchange to bring it into a brevard conversation the interchange at Wickham and 95 that was beautifully done. I mean, we never had a huge traffic tie up when it was done. It was so well done. And that was paid for by Viera company, Viera corporation. So it's like, they also, they maintain the roads because they're on their property. Yep.
1: But yes, at the same time they did the congressional map where Tallahassee, which is solid blue and the surrounding counties are solid blue. They, Disrupted all of it to make all of North Florida red.
2: Well, yeah, worse than that, they they dissolved it, and by dissolving that, they got rid of, like I said, four
1: yeah.
2: majority black district
1: yep. districts. They also voted to create election. Police. And those maps
2: won't hold either. Oh, they I will. Saw every that. single bit of it is going to be mm-hmm. in court. Which only I mean, th- who pays those? You know, when when a government goes to court, it's not like for free because you own the court. It's like, yeah. hey, you're on gratis. No, we the taxpayers will pay. For this malfeasance that these people practiced their entire legislative session.
1: Well, but here's the thing that worries me. League of Women Voters sued in 2010 over the districts. They won that lawsuit. Oh, it won't be till after the election. Nothing ever happened. It won't be till after the elections regardless. No, but they won the lawsuit and said, hey, you need to redo these districts. And the legislator said, make me. I think they did redraw those districts. Mm -mm. Okay.
0: Yeah. So what, we're operating on the 2000 map?
1: No, we're operating on 2010,
2: but it was the women Voters successfully sued. Okay. Um, And there, there are several lawsuits about this redistricting plan, is it, again. And the difference is now the entire country is watching Florida with a microscope.
1: Yeah, I need the federal government to come in and enforce the 14th Amendment and the parts of the Voting Rights Act that did not get turned over by the Supreme Court. I do have a question. You may know it. The article that I read today was about Randy Fine being the mouthpiece for anti-Disney. Has he given up his annual passes yet? So
2: I don't know that. But can we digress for a moment? He was on a cruise last week right before the special session. And as far as I know, every single one of Randy's cruises that he has ever taken in the past were Disney cruises. So he got off a Disney boat Went to Tallahassee and said, Disney is a guest in our state.
0: Just your reminder. Well,
2: hypocrisy is his favorite
0: thing. Hypocrisy yes, I know. Hypocrisy is a virtue to these people. Yeah. It is a display of power.
2: So, Erin, do you know anything about this whole Disney debacle? Have you been following it at all? I mean, yeah, you have you know, a few things bit. going on, like you're running for office.
3: Yeah, that's, that's happening. Yeah, I've been following it back and forth. And... I was following him for a while as far as pay for Disney employees and how low it was and how they were dealing with all that. But yeah, this this whole new thing with... It's so funny. Reedy Creek and yeah, there's just there's a lot of Disney drama.
2: And why did this happen, by the way? This happened because... Because they, they said they were going to stop making political donations to anybody, by the way. And right. they donate to Democrats as well. They, the majority of their donations went to a uh, America First PAC. But they do donate to Democrats as well. They said they're stopping all the political donations. And they said they were going to do what they could to get the Don't Say Gay bill overturned. And that was it. was like they said Ron DeSantis is a demon. A yeah. couple, we can all say that.
0: A couple years ago, uh, there was, back when DeSantis was about to pass another bill, Disney did a massive round of campaign contributions and Disney got their carve out. So that just goes to show that DeSantis's loyalty only lasts as long as your wallet's open. Yeah. It's closed. and <laughs> well, get retaliation. He
1: didn't threaten this until they pulled their money first. And then when they had to come back again to make a stronger statement, that's when DeSantis got pissed when they said, we will fight to get this law overturned. That's when he's like, OK, you cannot cross me, Disney. I am the god of Florida. Hear me roar. OK, now we're segueing into okay. Brevard. So Jennifer called me midweek
2: and she said, I'm so excited. She wanted to do this last year. She said, I got invited to participate in this fundraiser for Special Olympics. It's called Cops on the Coop. And they, quote unquote, arrest you and put you on the roof of Chick-fil-A and you have to raise bail money. She said, I really wanted to do it last year anyway, but Katie didn't tell any about it. Sorry, but that's what she said. And she said, I'm going to do it. Do you, do you think you think it's a terrible idea, don't you? I'm like, no, I think it's a great idea. It's going to be so much fun. And we both said it has nothing to do with Randy. He's not even going to be part of the conversation. Nothing at all to do with him. She wasn't doing it to make, you know, whatever. She did use the hashtag bail Jenkins, which if you want to think it is kind of a play on his hashtag jail Jenkins, which he wanted to have her arrested because she voted for a mask mandate.
0: Yeah, that kind of confusion makes sense if you can't read.
2: I mean, yeah. So, but she never mentioned him at all. She didn't even say, my detractors finally get what they wanted. She didn't say anything. She just said, help me bail out. And the goal was $500. She said, I'm going to raise $1,000. So she went and had a great photo shoot. She posted it on Thursday or Friday, a week before the event. And I was on my way to Atlanta. So next thing we know, John Dittmore, the city councilman in West Melbourne, posted on Facebook. And by the way, people were commenting and they were like, oh, this is great. You're making something fun out of this. You're quite a great sport. They were reading into it what was happening. But nobody, still nobody said Randy's name. Not to mention. One person said in a comment, oh, here comes Randy. Fine. It's going to be all over the national media. He's going to call in Ashley Moody now. And so Jennifer laughed at that comment. Which was a pretty funny comment, right? It was obvious it was yeah. funny. i Jamie was uh, yeah. like Se-
0: Segway, uh, by the way, um yes.
2: <laughs> yes. Please oh, send love all of your friends there. So much. Please. Please. Yeah, yeah. Everybody go check out hirandy.net. Anyway, this timeline. So John Ditmore posts on Facebook a screenshot of her post and a screenshot of that comment, and a screenshot of the fact that Jennifer was one of the many people that laughed at it. And he said, We are uninviting Jennifer Jenkins. She does not represent West Melbourne. She's mocking Randy Fine and Ashley Moody. And she didn't even mention them, right? We saw this post. I'm like, What the heck? You didn't even mention Randy Fine. And we knew Randy was on a cruise. Okay. This all ties in. So turns out that Randy Fine, because Jennifer's like, something caused this, like something created this. So she did a public records request, and I did a public records request of communications between Randy Fine. and John Dittmore. Now, Randy Fine does this all over the place, holds our local cities and municipalities hostage for everything. But he normally does it with a phone call mm-hmm. or a personal visit. But he was on a cruise. So he had sent a text to John Dittmore saying, you have put your funding at risk. There was a, a flood mitigation funding special as well, of about almost half a million dollars that West Melbourne desperately needed for their most underprivileged parts of their community. Like
3: 450 homes or something.
2: Yeah, it was huge. And uh, and he said, you put this on the veto list and your Special Olympics funding, meaning he was going to call DeSantis, his buddy, and say, veto this special funding that's on your desk. And Ronnie would have totally done that because he doesn't give a crap about the oh, yeah. account.
0: yeah. Ron DeSantis hates kids. And <laughs> yeah.
2: And he doesn't care about Brevard County. Be like, whatever you say, Randy, whatever. I I won't sign the thing. I'll veto it.
1: So basically you have Jenkins reaching out via police department because, you know, we're so anti-police going for their fundraiser to help with the Special Olympics. And Randy Fine has it. Yep.
2: And she had talked to the the policeman first because he's like, are you sure you want to do this? And she said, heck yeah, I'm going to lean into it. It's going to be fun. We're going to raise a lot of money. And Dittmore tries backing out of it. He's like. You know, tries to talk about change to the subject, and Randy comes back and says, "No, seriously, you put your funding at risk." And texted the mayor saying the same thing. Hal Rose saying, "Allowing Jenkins to participate, you didn't allow me, you didn't invite me. Honor, honor me is actually the word he used." And the police department just had, they sent this invitation to all the school board members, including Matt Susan, who said he never got it, but I saw that email too. Anyway, it's all in text now. And then he told Ditmore. This is according to Ditmore. This I don't have a I don't have a public record for this, but I do have that John Ditmore told the Florida today, confirmed to the Florida today, that he, that Randy told him to not turn over the public records because when he got off the boat, John said, hey, by the way, we've got this public records request off the Disney boat, by the way. We've got this, I mean, like, all this is all tying together so beautifully, right? We've got this public records request from Jennifer Jenkins and the chair of the Bavard Dems. I'm gonna have to turn it over because their city attorney is like super by the book. And uh, Randy told him not to turn over the records and to fire the city attorney who told him that he had to turn over the public records. Now, Florida sunshine law means I can request that. Mm-hmm. But federal law, you don't get to destroy public records. No. And, these, and that's what these are. These are matter of public record. Any private text between two elected officials that are discussing city business. And this was nothing about city business. It was extortion, corruption, abuse of power, and the, re, calling him to destroy public records and fire a lawyer for telling him to do this job. So that was what I was doing in Atlanta. And that's why I was like, so trying not to tell. I wanted to tell everybody. And I just waited until I had my public records in hand.
3: Were you up there with your grandkids? I was.
2: Yeah, it was great. Um, And this was all happening at the same time. The event was great. Jennifer raised almost $3,100. So if you donated to Bail Jenkins, thank you and randy's still butthurt he's now today he posted this tirade well actually yesterday he posted a photo of himself with john Dentmore, like hey i'm at the gym with john and paul alfrey um uh, really yeah and i think he's wait, just trying to wait make it no like
0: that, that these is... are my
2: buddies i'm just josh I, I
0: can't believe he's at the gym
2: right well that's <laughs> um, john said you know will you come to this event with me and he randy said i'm not going anywhere with that whore and then he said it again and and by the way Never met Jennifer. Well, he hasn't met Jennifer at, at public events. And she's not a whore. She's a lovely human. But regardless, this is how he speaks about a, another equally elected official, because she's a woman that, that challenges him. So that's going on. So yesterday I called the FBI and reported it as a corruption, abuse of power and the call for destruction of public records. Which it is. It is, right? They were just silent. And then she said, and you have evidence of this? I said, yes, I have the public records request the texts and exists Write him, I, ha- I don't have evidence of him telling them to destroy public records, but I'm quite sure that John Ditmore would, because he's he, confirmed it with the newspaper, he, he would confirm he's,
0: it. He's gone on public record.
2: Yeah. Yep. And he would confirm it to the FBI because he's a black and white yeah. law and order type guy. Uh,
0: because the thing is that if he says, yes, Randy told me this, I mean, granted, you know, political retributions, but uh, the no legal retributions because he didn't do anything wrong in this case.
2: But politically. I'm telling you, if you are an elected official in Brevard County, I would file an ethics complaint yourself, every elected official in Brevard County, because if he's got this flunky in West Melbourne who would make this atrocious post because he says to like uninvite her, publicly humiliate her or I will pull your funding, then he's got one in every city in the county. He thinks he runs Brevard. Well, and I'm just telling you, he's got flunkies. He kind of does. As long as people are willing to do his bidding in violation of the law. So I need elected Democrats, elect Republicans. I need everybody in Brevard County to say enough is enough. This is the guy who says he's on a war against corruption. This is the most blatant evidence of corruption I've personally been a part of in my entire life. It's gross. I'm sickened. And he should never have the opportunity to run for office again. And honestly, John Dittmore is up for re-election this fall. And if you're listening to this, and I, I try not to trash my opponents, but John Dittmore was willing to do what he did in response to that request. Your city deserves better, West Melbourne. So while we're talking about Brevard and talking about Jennifer Jenkins, people running for office, I want to introduce you to my friend, Aaron Dunn. So Hi. Hi, I'm enjoying
3: this so far over here, Pam.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I, I will say, take credit because I get to take credit for a little bit longer for this rock star. I take absolutely no credit for her being a rock star. I just take credit for it, knowing it when I see it. So we met at a school board meeting and you gave public comment. Mm-hmm. I think it was the masks were still the... No, was- no. Was it masks or was it
3: LGBTQ? Oh, kids? I'm not sure which one we met at.
2: One of the many culture war issues that are... By the way, well, we're talking about Disney. I just want to know while, while they're trying to burn Disney down... That's not helping you pay your rent. That's not helping you with your homeowner's insurance. That's not filling your potholes. That's just filling Ron DeSantis's presidential coffers. Anyway, saw you at that thing, and I thought I love this—the passion. I have a a discernment for talent, for just great people. And I said, Erin, I want you to run for school board. Do you remember what you said to me? I said, No. Yes, that
3: is exactly for what you said. approximately five months. Yeah, yeah. I was in the meeting where
1: you were still on the edge. Yeah, because I didn't go to
3: to be you know completely honest. I didn't go to any of those meetings thinking that running for school board was something I was going to do. Like I just went because number one, I was upset. With how our LGBTQ students were being treated. And I knew that there were protesters coming out against them at a school board meeting. So I brought my sign and I stood right between the protesters and the kids because that was just wasn't OK with me. And that's why I went and that's why I spoke. And then, yeah, and then in the, in the fall, you know, with masks, a Delta variant was coming back out and... Kind of like you've said before, Pam, like we need a mask mandate when it's necessary. When numbers are high, you know, COVID spreading around. And then when it's not, you take them off and live your life. So anyways, yeah. So somebody, I think it was the Families for Safe Schools. You know, somebody posted something and said, we really need some people to run for school board. And I, I think I posted something like, I might consider that one day. Legitimately thinking when I was like 70. <laughs> and retired, like maybe I could give back to my community by running for office and running for school board. And so, yeah. And to be honest with you, I just kind of, you know, waited to see if there was somebody else who would step up because I had done some research on my opponents and didn't think any of them were qualified to sit on our school board. And then or was, in
2: any other elected
3: office. True. Yeah. That was winter break, you know, and I did a little more research on them and I Looked more into the, you know, the roles of the school board, reading everything down from the state and finding out the responsibilities. And you met with Jennifer too, didn't you? Yeah, I talked to her at some point, and Cheryl McDougall, and just to get some information. And even in January, I talked to Dr. Mullins just to say, what what can we do as a school board? You know, one of the things I talked to him about was teacher pay. And I said, what can a school board do when we're dealing with such lack of funding from the state. Of course, teachers deserve more money. How do we make that happen? Is there a place for our district school board to advocate at the state level? And so before I ever decided to run, I just tried to reach out to as many people as possible. Um, To make sure
2: that if you won, you could actually do what you wanted to do. Yeah. Because people think that school board is in full control of these issues. And the reality is the funding comes from the state and it comes with strings attached for almost all of it. And I know that was a big part for you. And so when he said, I remember you and I had this conversation. It's like, well, you know, it is what it is. And you're like, I think we can be, I think we can be fighting for more. I think
3: we can do a little bit. I just, yeah, I just thought that we have to, right? We have to. What's your background? What's my background? I have been a public school elementary music teacher for 13 years. Started down in Fort Pierce in St. Lucie County. And then I moved, we moved up to Brevard. My husband had like a job offer up here. And so he was a band director for a while also. So he still works in uh, Brevard Public Schools. And then I worked, yeah, up in Port St. John at Atlantis Elementary for six years and Manatee and Vera for five years. And one of my favorite stories
2: is because I know you work really hard to include all students and you teach music, but This is, I know you would view this in every area of education. You'd want to make sure every student has an opportunity to participate fully in their own experience. Sure. And so you teach music. I do. And you know where I'm going with this.
3: I have no idea. You
2: taught a deaf student to play the violin, to play the well. violin.
3: yeah, And, you know, and to sing, you know, because deaf doesn't necessarily mean 100% deaf. You know, we have students with different levels of hearing ability and. Well,
2: so there's hearing impaired. and it, yeah,
3: yeah. Yep. So I worked at Atlantis Elementary where we were like the center for deaf education in the north area of the county. Oh, yeah. We bonded over that because, you know, sign yes! language, I know you so. know, ASL. <laughs> and so, yeah, so I was bragging about one of the many things we've talents you know how you have like those random talents that you like bring to a party when you're having a good time and mine is that i can conduct and sign songs at the same time oh nice um i cannot conduct i can only sign well i'll teach you i can do jingle bells i can do all sorts of things so honestly one of the reasons i stepped up was because i just thought that all students needed to be accepted in our schools for who they are and all teachers needed to feel respected and that's my end game I mean, that's where I am. And I didn't know, you know, whether it's because of their race, because of their socioeconomic status, because of their sexual orientation. I just thought it was important that our school board is standing up for all of our kids and all of our teachers. So
2: talking about teachers, you're a teacher
3: and Shelby's a teacher.
2: Yep. How many years did you guys go to school to become teachers? Four. Four the four full years of university. You might have compressed it, right? But you have a four-year degree. A four-year degree. Yes. yes. A bachelor's degree. So a four-year bachelor's degree. And um, then it.
3: you have to get certified by the state.
1: Yeah. So after you graduate. And I by took the way, the, I took the long route of, I was a political science major. Right. They oh, can teach oh, history. I took the additional education classes on top of my degree. So you could be certified to, to be teach certified. history
2: and be a, a teacher.
1: Yes. So that, and then certification means
2: you have to take a a test through the state. Mm-hmm. A, prof- um, a professional and, test. Yep. And that costs money. Yep. Mm-hmm. Who pays for that? We do. Yep. So the teacher pays for the certification. Yep. I don't think people realize all this stuff. they're so Oh,
1: and in my day, the test was $75 per. Now I hear it's in the range of $200 per. So you graduate from college with a little bit of student debt, and
2: now you have to pay $200 to get your certification. And, and you could teach in
1: a, maybe a charter school if you were not no, certified. Y- actually, no, you can teach... With a certificate of eligibility, of certi- if of a school will take you on, you then have a year to two years to f- fulfill your requirements, and then you are professionally certified. But there are are there not charter schools that you don't ever have to be certified to? Teach? Oh
2: yeah, and no. private schools you don't have to be certified to. Teach? No. So the public school teachers, where they make bank, um, especially seasoned teachers, they've had to go regular uh, an entire bachelor's degree, if not more pay for their certification, and are there renewals of that certification as well? Yes. And so these are professionals, like a CPA, they have that, that's what the certification exam is, the CPA versus an accountant Mm -hmm. is they've taken a certification exam. Mm -hmm. Teachers are certified professionals and have to continue that certification. And and so what you're saying, because I know you talk a lot about students, but you did also mention teachers, that teachers deserve to be treated with the respect of a professional that they've earned. I don't think we would treat any other profession the way we do doctors. You, I mean, teachers, you wouldn't go into a doctor's office and say, you all, I need to look at all the literature in your doctor's
3: office and you should not be presenting that literature, you know, and I have have given them any ideas. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Well, I mean, it's happening, Pam. Like I've spent the last couple months just talking to teachers in all subjects at all levels. And that's the issue right now is their professionalism is being undermined. They're being, they have to teach to the test, which has been happening for years. But now things are happening like they have to teach to the strictest curriculum. They can't bring current events into their classroom, even history teachers, because they're not part of the pre programmed curriculum. And so I posted it somewhere like the magic of teaching, you know? the creativity of teaching one of the reasons I didn't become a like middle school band director which I thought about for a while is because I thought I would be bored doing the same thing like year after year I wanted to teach elementary music because of the freedom and the flexibility and the creativity I had a you'll like this I had a vocal group one year because they sang and they played ukuleles we called ourselves the vocal <laughs> and we played at Ron John and it was amazing but the best teachers put themselves into what they teach their kids and they use that creativity and they teach in ways that kids remember. You know, everybody remembers their teacher from when they were a child, like one that had an impact on them, whatever that reason was, whether it was like an intense debate in high school and teachers who really let you dive into a subject or some kind of fun celebration in elementary school. You know, we all remember those teachers and that's what teachers get excited about. And the fact that they're having to No longer do those things. That their hands are being tied, and not only that, but that people—so many people—are implying that they are in this profession for the wrong reasons.
0: It really is a passion profession. I mean, nobody
3: becomes a teacher for the pay. Yeah, you
0: don't. You don't become it for the pay. Obviously, not for the respect, not for the prestige, because we've stripped all of that out.
2: That's why I really reiterated the rigmarole to become a teacher, because I don't think people realize all of that, because. In private schools and some charter schools, that's not necessarily the case. And, and I'm not saying that those people don't deserve big shout out. You're choosing to spend your career molding the minds of children. But it, it is far different to a public school teacher. And, and I remember, I mean, my, even my seventh grade math teacher, which they say math is like all dry and boring. And he was a super dry and boring man. Like he wore the same thing every day, brown pants, brown shirt. I think he wore a tie every day. Um, he's balding a little bit on top, uh, Mr. Um, gosh, not downward downward social studies anyway. And he would put our test scores on the chalkboard and we, we got extra credit if we could pick our test score. (laughs) And, and and I tried being humble a couple of times. remember humble brag. I was like, I think I did that one. I was, when I was 103 or whatever. Um, and he would throw his eraser at me if I didn't, if I did that. But that seems like such a silly thing. But it was encouraging me to believe in myself and to not be ashamed of when I'm when I'm good and and that I was good. And so math even, which is a pretty straightforward subject. I mean, apparently not to Ron DeSantis, who thinks they were teaching critical race theory and math. But um, instead of teaching critical thinking skills. But those teachers and my English teacher, eighth grade English teacher, who came to my high school graduation and gave me a graduation gift that I still have, a necklace. She was so precious to me because I had a lot of tumult in my Adolescents And those, those teachers were the ones that we never discussed it, but I knew I could and that they would hear me. And, and my daughter's a, a teacher and uh, my daughter's in-laws are both teachers. We discuss the death of the profession all the time, but I have hope as long as I have people like you will need to step up. So tell us, you, you decided, you said yes.
3: I, I did. Because you know what, the, the sad part about all this like back and forth, right? Is that public education when it works, is amazing. It's It's magic. And I can say that when teachers and parents work together and you have supportive administration and you have the community supporting our schools and our students because we
2: have so many community based schools in Brevard County. We really do. We do.
3: And when all of that falls into place, it's amazing for our kids and it's what our kids deserve. And so I think it's time for us in Brevard County, regardless of what is happening, you know, around the country or around our state, like we have to come together for our students. And we have to treat teachers with respect. We need to appreciate parents who want to be involved. And we need to find a balance that is productive for everyone and best for the kids. And that's that's doable. I've done it for years, you know. Like we one of my favorite, you know, memories is we put on Peter Pan. My I had about a hundred or so fifth and sixth graders huge show. After school, I'd have teachers and parents running choreography and running lines and singing and all that kind of fun stuff. And the night of the show, you know, with a hundred kids, we had, we, you know, these teachers had lent their classrooms to be dressing rooms. And we had a business donate clothing rack so we could hang costumes. And I had parents doing makeup and hair. We had pizzas donated from one of our business partners from the schools for dinner for all the kids that night. And then we had our administration doing tickets and letting people in. And I had teachers backstage running the show. And at the end of the night, you know, I literally just stood back and it was like magic. The kids, with the help of that whole group, just, they were the stars. I know one of the biggest challenges in Provide Public Schools is our equity
2: gap absolutely, our our learning gap. And what I hear you saying is, and a lot of that's because the students that are underperforming are in communities that don't understand the value of their schools
3: because they're working for jobs. I think some of them understand the value, but I just think that they are so busy surviving. Yeah, that they can't be in the schools as much as they might like to. It's
2: generational. You know, they grew up with parents that weren't sure. in school.
3: So why should they? They just don't know any differently. Right? So, you know, I actually was over talking to Dr. Mullins. The the Brevard Public Schools actually, post-COVID, is working on a mentorship program. I had a local community member in Coco who actually challenged me to reach out to the Divine Nine, the Black fraternities and sororities. And I have the number. I'm ready, probably ready to call tomorrow. I'm of one of the leaders of one of the fraternities And to talk about bringing that community into the schools in Cocoa, where many of them live. And another thing, you know, is uh, my campaign manager, actually, Rochelle, her son goes to school in Vieira. And for years, she has volunteered in Cocoa at Endeavor Elementary because her son's school had more than enough help. And so one of the things we were talking about as far as mentorship in the district was how can we bring people who have enough? How can we bring families who have that privilege or community members who want to help to the schools that need it the most they need you know our resources but I
2: also hear you saying rather than just swooping in from outside I hear you saying you you will find a way to meet the parents in those communities where they are and yes. help them see how they can be involved like you didn't do Peter Pan with Vieira parents in Atlantis right you did it with the or wherever you did it you did it with the parents in that school
3: I had Peter Pan. I did at Manatee and Vieira. Okay. So but was Vera. then in Port St. John, I did a bunch of shows there. And then my first school was in Fort Pierce. So you, you know, I, I would, I, and I'm just excited
2: hearing yeah, yeah. this. Like yeah, yeah. you're, you're willing to meet teachers where they are. I imagine you would go to their jobs at uh, parents. I mean, to help them figure out how they can be more involved in there, because that's the only way we're going to break this, right. Is by yeah. teaching parents as well as students, how they can be. And it's not this parental right stuff. It's not your right to take a book off a library shelf. It's reaching out to parents to show them how they can really, truly affect their kids' education
3: by being in the classroom,
2: by being supportive. And that's exciting to and hear. And
3: one of the things that's cool is, you know, Endeavor Elementary has become this community school. I'm actually yeah. going there on Friday to hear a little bit more about the programs that they have going on there. But one of the really neat things is they have brought in so many services for families that are based at the school. Yeah. And that allows families to come in and to get to know the school staff and to get help with what they need so they can be more involved. And my thought is why do we school only becomes have the that? hub of the community? Yes. And why do we only have it in one school? I, I'm sure there's reasons, oh, no. you know, but, but there are so many places that could benefit from that. We have it at, at my kid's school too. Do you really?
1: Yeah, there was Plenty of uh, food pantry things going on at Thanksgiving and Christmas. That's great. I was getting my kid out from school for a doctor's appointment or something, and people were coming in, and they were walking out with the turkey.
2: Yeah. But, like, if you're in a community, if you don't have health insurance, which a lot of these, again, that equity gap, those don't necessarily have insurance because they're working three part-time jobs to try to maybe keep up with the rent. Right. They need their health care somewhere. And you're saying that the school's providing that. And I'm like, so— My kid teaches at Surfside and Satellite. It is the ultimate community school. Of course, it's Satellite Beach, right? And there's not a bus. Every student walks to school. Like it's that, it's literally today, Wicked Pineapple was there with their food
3: truck. The high school came and sang with the elementary school. Yeah. See, that's where I get upset when people say that school should just be, you know, math and reading and get it done. Like there's a big push right now. Go back to the basics. Our school's, do so much for so many kids
2: and always have. So if you want to go back to the roots of our schools, they that's what they were initially. Schools were when immigrant families, let's say way back in public school, was first becoming available, widely available. Those families didn't know who else to talk to. They only knew their teachers. So they would go to the teacher and say, how do I get this fixed? So, yeah, let's go back to those basics. I like that Let's just go back to
3: the 90s.
2: uh, Oh, I love the 90s. I used to volunteer. My kids went to satellite. I used to volunteer in Cocoa High quote unquote through junior achievement, but I always did my own thing as a teacher. I had this agreement. I talked about time management. So that's exciting. So you decided to run because you knew you could create those more community.
3: I know that's been your thing all along is building relationships with businesses. Yeah, and you know, like I I understand that on the school board, you are a representative. And so it's been really important to me to talk to people. Like Shelby, you know, is talking about her experience in the schools and, you know, I already my son too, Shelby, not a fan. But- as a representative, I'm working right now on getting together a listening tour because I need to hear, you know, as an elementary music teacher, I don't understand what high school teachers are dealing with. You know, we've had discussions about cell phones and, um, you know, but we've we've talked to people are asking, what do you think about cell phones in high school? I said, I'm going to go to the high school teachers and see what they think about cell right. phones in high school. Because your opinion doesn't matter. <laughs> no, it, no. The high school teachers do and the students, you know, so we'll have discussions about that and the administrators and what kind of issues they cause, you know, are, you know, and so. Um, This past week, I have three media, four media specialists actually that I've worked with in Brevard County over the years. I sent them a text about, you know, different about book bands and how are you guys feeling about your libraries and media that this and that. And they said, can we just like meet in person? So we spent three and a half hours at Pizza Gallery the other night having dinner and just hashing it out about our media centers and the processes in place. And, you know, I have plans to do that with everybody I can reach out to. I met with my friend who's a school social worker for about two hours last week. One positive thing that came out of that is, you know, Brevard County about four or five years ago only had eight social workers, mm-hmm. eight school-based social workers. Now we're up to, I think, 35 that's, plus eight so at the district. Good. Part
2: of that came from your predecessor. That was her push. She was a social worker. Cheryl Mcdee Yeah. Yeah. That was a big push for her was to make sure that we were properly staffing our students with everything, not just the math. Yeah. Again, she's chosen. So, Cheryl, Aaron's running for school board district two. Yes, ma'am. Currently served by my friend, Cheryl McDougal and Cheryl McDougall chose not to run again. So we knew this was happening, which is part of why I, I asked Aaron to run. And I'm going to tell you what I'm affirmed every time I talk to you with that, with that request, because when I school board, especially if people come to me and they say, I want to run for school board because I want to run for something. So it might as well be school board. I'm like, well, you go have fun with that. When somebody comes to me and says, I want to run for school board because I want to run for school board. I just think that's such a special, unique place that it's kind of like the passion profession of teaching. I, I, as the chair of the Democratic Party, get excited about somebody wanting to, and I don't care what your party is, if you truly want to serve on the school board for those reasons, because you care about our students and our schools and our teachers and our staff and our janitors and our administrators, then I get excited about that. And every time that I talk to you, I'm affirmed that that is who you are. And I know you're so smart in what you're doing. So you're starting listening to her. You can reach out to the Divine Nine so you can really hear from the community what they've identified as needs because you aren't necessarily the whole community.
3: No, you know, I have lots of plans, you know, not just teachers, but parents and school bus drivers. I talked to a couple and I'm going to plan, you know, a meeting up with them and everybody, you know, like everybody has a say in our schools. Everybody deserves to be heard. And it takes, you know, not just teachers, it takes all of our school staff to make sure our kids have a good environment. You know, it's all about the kids. So we have to get back to that. You know, I want to teach, I want to talk to the kids too. I want to know how, you know, things are going for them. And, and you know, people think that the whole,
2: the, the LGBT issue, why are we talking about that in school? Because students can't learn if they feel unsafe. Yes. If the whole time you're trying to teach me that two plus two equals four, I'm afraid that I might say something that might get me bullied because I, because I can't be who I am. and believe it or not, it happens in fourth third grade, then I'm not learning anything. So we, and I remember teachers I've talked to have been like, I don't care. You want, you want to be called a purple elephant. I'll call you a purple elephant. As long as you can learn, like a teacher's job is just to teach you. Right. (laughs) And if that, if you need to be, if you need that in order to learn, then fine. If you need to wear a pirate costume, like on this is, I mean, um, Parenthood, then wear a pirate costume every day.
3: And teachers um, are so busy trying to just do their jobs. Yes. Right? And trying to be there for all of the kids. Like they're not in there trying to indoctrinate your children. They're trying to teach them if they and where the sure... children would get their work done every day. They sure would. <laughs> yes. No, I love a <laughs> kid would do his homework. <laughs> I love the meme of cell phones would be off. They would turn their work in on time. They would bring
1: the teacher coffee every
3: morning. Yeah, exactly.
1: <laughs> They'd have to bring me Coke, but you know. There you go. Yeah.
2: <laughs> so you're running. Your election is when?
3: August twenty
2: third. And you are qualifying through, so when you run for school board, this is your, our educational lesson about local politics, you can either pay a qualifying fee, which is pretty astronomical for
3: a school board. Yeah, over $2,000. Yeah. No, I'm sorry, just under $2,000.
2: Or you can get petitions. The elections board needs to know that you are a viable candidate, that you're not just sitting behind your face. Do you want to know what percent
3: of petitions I've collected? How many petitions do you have to collect? 855. And what percentage of that goal are you? 115%. Woo!
2: You're going to get to 150 now because you got an incentive.
3: I sure am. You knew
2: I know I know just dangle carrots front funny. You You run that's for them. Perfect. So that's
3: amazing. And people can sign your petitions from where? So um, if you go to my website, it's www.aren.dunn.e D-U-N-N-E, the number four, but no number sign, schools.com. So Aaron for schools.com. Um, If you click get involved, we have our petition right there. Um, I have a Facebook page, which is Dunn. For Brevard County School Board District Two, it's really long, but I wasn't sure about like the wording, so I just copied somebody else's. And um, I'm on uh, Twitter, and uh, so they can print out your petition. Where do they? Oh, have to yes, live? print out the petition and the PO box to send it to is right there. Or even if you send me a message on my Facebook page, they have to live in Brevard County. Oh, right? I'm sorry, they have to live in Brevard County. Yep. So this is Brevard County residents, any registered voter in Brevard County can fill out a petition. And we've had a number of people grab a pack of petitions, 10 or so, and get their neighbors and colleagues and friends to sign them for us. And I think that's why we have already, you know, gone over our 100% goal. And now we're just, you know, we have not had that many accepted yet because the SOE goes through them with a fine tooth comb and checks the signatures and make sure the petitions are all valid and um, not duplicates not duplicates things yeah. like that so we have to go over 100 percent to make sure that we hit that 100 percent mark so we're still going 50.
2: and i will tell you i confirmed with the soe today that yeah if it if you have because it says as printed on your photo registration card i'm like i don't remember i registered vote a year or two ago and so it does my middle name in there it doesn't matter yeah a lot of people first are like, name i don't and know. Last name, as long as the first okay. name and last name are on there they they oh that's good to know out. yeah i confirmed that in writing with the soe's office today they're They really are good. They want to run a clean election Mm -hmm. and they do a pretty good job. So you are over your minimum goal, but you still have another. How many more that you want to get? Oh, uh, you know what? I'm just going to keep going until May 16th. So at least 400 more. Sure. Yes. There's my goal. Absolutely. So you need 400 more petitions by May 16th. You got it. So you can turn them into the Supervisor of Elections Office and and meet your qualifying. At that point, you can get more support from the party. Um, we have to wait till qualifying to make sure that nobody, you know, we're not playing favorites. Um, we are playing favorites right now because it's you and three people that do not deserve to serve on the school board. Um, and we won't even. I'll be the favorite. You are the Sounds favorite. Sounds good to me. Yeah. <laughs> and so once that happens, then we go into high gear with your race and
3: what the election is. August 23rd. And I think people need to know that like I could win on August 23rd. You will win on August 23rd. I mean, that's my plan. So school board is one
2: of those weird elections that it's a primary, but it's not a partisan primary. School board and Palm Bay both have primary elections in August. And in Palm Bay's situation, um, they only have this race in August if they have at least three candidates. School board always happens in August. If there's only two candidates, like it's happening in District 5, and we'll have that candidate on soon, then whoever wins that election wins. That's how Jennifer Jenkins was elected District in won August also? 2020. District one has three now. It has three, okay. So you've got like a hundred, so, which is fine. Let's it's like almost, a party in D2. And it's hysterical because this is a, a democratic podcast. And I'll tell you that all three of them are trying to outright each other, which is like totally fine with me. Spend split those votes. And uh, as long as on August 23rd, of all the people that vote, you have 50% of those votes. So if 3,000 people vote, you get 1,501 then you are elected. You don't get sworn in until November. So you just get to sit around and twiddle your thumbs for a while. So our job is going, right now we are working to get mail ballots in the hands of voters in your district and in District 5. Um, right now we're talking to new Democrats and then we're going to talk to Democrats whose ballots expired because people, if you're listening to this, you may not know your mail ballot might've expired because the state did some crazy. Sh- I
3: mean, you know, we were help- helping people crazy. check that um, when we were collecting petitions at libraries and things like that. And some people were just shocked. Yeah. That Yeah, things like that happened.
2: So if you enrolled for a mail ballot form in 2020 and you requested it for four years, it's still expired because that's what the Republicans did to us. So we're doing that because we know that if you have a mail ballot, you're 48% more likely to vote. So we're doing that to help increase the voter turnout. And this is what the party's doing. And then we'll be out talking to people about you and your race. And then we'll be reminding people to vote. And we're talking about that this weekend. So what else do you need from the community listening?
3: First off, I want to say, I know this is a Democratic podcast, but I think it's important that people know that when we're on the school board, you know, we represent all the families and I am that person. I'm not running absolutely to represent Democratic families. I'm running to represent all of our kids. You I under- talked about this as an all partisan race. It is. And I understand that. And that's what I'm there for. You know, I never taught in the classroom. Only certain people's children, you know, they're right. all important.
2: <laughs> so and right, I'll tell you, as the Democratic Party chair. If Rick Lacey reaches out to you and wants to talk to you and support you, I will give you my gold star to do that.
3: I don't know who he is, but I'll take his support. Republican Party. Thank you, Rick. Come on out, and um, you want to knock doors with me? (laughs) That'd be great.
2: Um, I don't see it happening, but if he does, but I do know it's an all partisan conversation. I am willing to reach across the aisle. Yeah.
3: (laughs) Um, So what else do I need? Honestly, donations would be fantastic because you know, Misty Belford was at an event that I was at last Friday. We were at an event for the right to clean water up in Titusville. She's a school board candidate for district one. She is. And we got to speak and, and I was actually kind of excited because they said, come up and say something about the fact that you're running for school board and tie it to we're, we're doing clean water and the environment. And so I got to just sit and think about like, what can I do as a school board candidate to make sure our kids get to experience nature and understand our issues with the lagoon and things like that. So it was Just really fun. It was a really great, great event to see. It really cool to see what our community was doing. So one of the things she said was, we have a machine working against us right now. There is a huge... And not we as
2: Democrats. Misty's not a Democrat. She's a nonpartisan that we're supporting.
3: We have a machine running against public schools. We we have a machine running against public schools. And that machine comes with a lot of money. And so those of us like myself who have just been teachers for years and are not coming... at this from, you know, a a political agenda. Yeah. Yeah. we're not, you know, those of us coming at this from, we want to help schools. We want public education to be there and stay there for all of our students. We could really use your support because like I told somebody, if I don't win a school board race because of issues or because I'm not the right candidate, you know, that's one thing. But if I lose a school board race because other people are throwing money at my opponents, and financially, you know, I don't have the resources that I need, then that's not OK with me. So um, I have had some amazing people step up to help me and all sorts of really cool ways. But finances. Uh, yeah. Donations would be amazing. I have an act blue set up. If you go back to my website and check it out, I could really appreciate your support. And anything. Five dollars a month. Absolutely. You know, yeah. Those recurring those, donations are amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Because then they're also committed to you. So any donation,
2: and that's at Aaron E-R-I-N, Dunn, D-U-N-N-E, the number four, schools, Aaron Dunn for schools dot com. dot com. Yep. And this is one of the first things people can do. And as we, as we- Anywhere
3: in the country. Yes. And as we get closer to the election, we're going to be knocking lots of doors. We just are, because that's what we are going to do. One of the things we're going to do is set up weekends for different local organizations. So if you have an organization that you think is aligned with what I'm trying to do in public schools and supports public education- reach out because I know that we've already been talking to a couple of local organizations and we're starting to form a schedule. So if you have never knocked doors before, or if you're a little hesitant, you know, come with a friend, you can come with a bunch of friends, from a local group and you guys can, you know, can come out together and you're going to provide the materials. And Absolutely. We'll we'll teach you how to do it. It's not hard. I actually just kind of started fairly recently myself. It's fun, though, right, because you meet people. It actually is really nice to talk to people. Yeah. And meet everybody out in the community. So
2: the Democratic Party is supporting your candidacy. If Republicans shows up at one of our canvases to support your campaign, I'm not going to ask them to talk about anything other than you. Sure. Uh, we're, absolutely. we're we're creating the materials, whatever. Yeah. Like I said, like if you my opponents are Republicans supporting Jennifer Jenkins and knocking doors in her race. And I said the Democrats, we wrote the script. Don't mention Joe Biden. I don't care.
3: My opponents are extreme in their views. And so if you're not an extremist, I think we can get along. Yeah. Yeah. So send me messages. You know, I've had messages. I've you know, I've had messages on Facebook about all the hot button issues. And I've written right back with my answers. I'm not trying to hide anything. And I'd love. To work with you to make our schools better. Thank you, Aaron. Do you have any questions, Jamie? You're sitting here quietly.
0: No, no. I've just been waiting this whole time to say that my party trick. uh, What's your party trick? My my skill. So you. (laughs) (laughs) you
3: I can. Do you want to see it? I know. I know. You've been waiting patiently. I'm so proud
2: of you. (laughs) This is is amazing.
0: My so my amazing party trick is that I can do ultra realistic armpit farts.
2: Oh Oh my god. Okay, (laughs) you have to open with one of your armpit farts.
0: I no. No, not, not this not. episode. Yeah. No, I, we want people to like Aaron.
1: <laughs> Thanks, Jamie. He can also clap one-handed. Oh, I want to see How that. How do you do that?
0: It, it's a skill that I use to amuse toddlers and okay, my co-hosts. That's super
2: crazy. And I wouldn't have thought it was weird until I couldn't do it. Anyway, back to you. Thank
1: you for being <laughs> I'm so guest. excited you were waiting this whole time. <laughs> I know. Well, <laughs> welcome to my life. This is like the most entertaining thing in my I life. I love it. Actually, it's like- <laughs> I also <laughs> want to say that in order to help Aaron, and everybody in our school board vote Democratic because we might actually get the change that we need at education commissioner. It is, I will tell
2: you, having witnessed this for the last however long since I've been aware of school board issues, it is very challenging serving on a school board with uh, Corcoran as the education commissioner. <laughs> so when we get a Democratic governor, your life will be much simpler. That's sounds have amazing. a governor that supports public education. We
1: might actually have someone who's worked in education. Yeah. As our education commissioner. There you go.
2: Yeah. So we have coming up, we have our monthly Democratic Executive Committee meeting is next Wednesday, this Wednesday at seven o'clock at the County Commission Chambers in Vieira, Government Building C. And you can contact me with any questions about that at hello at BrevardDems.org. Also, we have our big blue bash and Erin's going to be there. You can come Erin and her campaign manager, who is really great, like so much fun. You'll love her. And that is May 21st.
1: I also heard a rumor that these three podcasters are going to be. Yeah. Push your head's going to be That's why I'm
2: going. I kind of have to be there. (laughs) Um, And that's going to be at the Space Coast Convention Center on May 21st. Get your tickets today. It is the hottest ticket in town. There'd be cool silent auctions. And if you own a business and you'd like to donate to our silent auction or put an ad in our program, we can make that happen as well. And you've got canvases coming up this weekend or next weekend. We
3: just had two. We just did the last two weekends. Yeah. A bunch of other stuff coming out. Okay. Sunday. I don't know. We... So check out her but website. This goes out Friday. Yeah. Friday. 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 So Sunday is the Brevard Say Gay rally. And that's being sponsored by Families for Safe School, Space Coast Pride, Flag, a bunch of other organizations. I think it's four organizations. Yeah. Yep. And that is Sunday from 3 to 5 p.m. at Front Street Park. And there's going to be a march across there's the gonna bridge. There's going to be a rally. And then following the rally, we have there's some speakers. Some students are speaking. This is about the kids. This is, yes. a, this is a rally in support of LGBTQ students and their families, I should yeah. say. Yep. So it's 3 to 5. So you meet at 3 o'clock in the park and listen to some great speakers, especially some kids. And then walk the bridge. Get your steps in. Mm-hmm. So thank make sure you. you know Brevard County knows that we, uh, make sure the kids know that, that Brevard County supports them.
2: Aaron, thank you for being here today. Is thank there anything guys. else that you want to share with anybody? I
3: am. I'm excited to be on this podcast. I <laughs> love it, guys. And <laughs> I, I have a, to... my flamingo pen that you talked about, Shelby, on another episode. And I, I just think it's great. I think it's so great to hear your voices coming out of Brevard County.
2: So I'm excited to be supporting you. It's so, so... Proud to be affiliated with a candidate with such clear vision and hard work ethic as well. All in one great thing. Thank you. Mm -hmm. Thank you.
0: If you got something out of this and know of anybody who cares about what we're saying here, please share. Word of mouth is everything in the grassroots game. If we're awesome, tell a friend. If we're not, tell us how to get better. This has been another episode of the Push Ahead podcast. Please reach out to us via Twitter at push underscore ahead or subscribe to our podcast in your podcatcher of choice. You can find relevant links to the stories that we're talking about in our liner notes on our website at pushaheadpod.com. The music is Super String Theory by Lobo Loco. Should I should I skip the sandwich? I just had that in there cuz we had nothing. Yeah. No you can it. save that. Okay. Yep.
1: I don't even know what that's talking about. He wanted to talk about something that wasn't political because he found it interesting. Uh-huh. Well, what was it? It's
0: about
3: sandwich.
1: It's literally about sandwiches. Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay.
0: <laughs> but we'll skip. Okay. All right. So that <laughs> It will
1: come on on a different
0: maybe. episode. Maybe. So, that's I love that. <laughs> that's all of the elephants. I the do
2: world. rely on lettuce for texture.
0: I totally It's do. a bad habit,
2: but it's good.
0: Got it. Got to toast your bread. I do toast my bread different too. Different cheeses. Mm-hmm. I don't there. do cheese.
2: Do peanut butter and pears. Ooh. Or peanut butter and tomato. Yeah. Or peanut, peanut butter and banana. tomato. So
1: good. Oh, weird. Don't judge me. I, <laughs> a little bit. Judging a little <laughs> bit. I'm judging you all because I hate peanut butter. <laughs>
3: oh man. So sad.
1: Okay. Sorry. Okay. <laughs> James
3: like <laughs> so, trying to get control of the
2: room again. All right. So moving on.